Guys, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. Okay, is this a video thing? Uh, yeah. If you don't mind. Oh shit! I would have dressed up then. Okay, but cool. <laughs> no problem. So how is it going? There? Yeah. Can you see me clearly? Yeah. Hello, am I audible? Yes. So how is it going over there? It's good. It's uh, different from India, obviously, but. Like coming to a country which has got only six lakh people, I think it's uh, a very different experience. And public transport is free, so life is very, very different. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, that's really good. Yeah. Mm. So, so uh, like, sorry, yeah, what were you saying? Nothing. Let's go for it. Tell me. Okay, okay. So we'll uh, start with the questions. Uh, yeah. We might bombard with you, uh, bombard you with a few. Uh, okay, so. The first one is, what is your perception of consultancy as a career choice? Like, what? Okay. Huh. So I would say that uh, if you want a boot camp in life to learn skills in uh, conceptualizing problems, uh, being able to frame it in a simple manner, and to identify approaches and frameworks to solve it. That consulting is the ideal place to go. It is a place wherein you are taught to look at a problem at a macro level and solve it at a micro level. But having that view at ma macro and being able to deep dive consistently—that is, shift between the dirty details and the high-level view—is what you're trained to do. And that is a skill set that, regardless of what job you're doing in life, it'll be useful. That's why consulting gets the premium that it gets, and that's why it trains you to think like that. That's why consulting, after consulting, usually people go into a C-suite level or in a higher management level for that purpose, because it trains you in that thinking approach. So that's what I would say is the benefit. All right, all right. And what are the growth prospects in the industry, and like what is the timeline of that growth that you can seek to achieve? So consulting is one place wherein you will always have visibility on how your promotions will be. Now, in let's break consulting into the big four, which is Ernst and Young, uh, PwC, Deloitte, KPMG, and the strategy consulting firms, which is your BCG, McKinsey, Bay, and all that jazz. Now, in both places, uh, designations vary very little, but you can assume that in every designation, you at minimum will spend two years and at max three years. And if you take more than that, they in a lot of cases, like at least in the strategy consulting firms, they'll ask you to leave. So you can assume that entering at a uh, you can say senior associate level or at an associate level, you're looking at a partner track in 15 years. So that is what I say is the timeline to in consulting. Now, depending on how your market, so if you are in a particular industry. You are in a particular function. Say you do supply chain, you do marketing. It also is a function of how well your market is growing. Now, if you are in very mature markets, that is, you're going and doing the FMCG problems, you're doing the infra problems, which are you know, which they've been doing it for a while. Then you can say your partner track is something around 15 years. But if you go into a blue ocean, that is, you're going into and creating a new solution for the market. Suddenly, you've probably come up with a new tech solution to monitor supply chain. You can then go sell that 
the market and probably rise very fast because the market thinks that that's a great product. It's like a startup. You can be a small startup within a consulting firm and you can accelerate, but it's all a function of is your solution being bought by the market. So you can say on a scale of eight uh, uh, to fifteen years, you ideally people are getting closer to their partner track, or if not, they've gotten their position or getting close to the partner track. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so yeah. since you mentioned the glamorous timeline that the domain of consultancy presents, so is there any are there any popular consulting myths that you would like to address? Like, for example, we as professionals have been told that consulting is a very demanding profession in itself. So, how do you manage the healthy work-life balance at the same time? So, it is definitely one of the most. Uh, Hardworking, grueling kind of spaces, and let me say, okay, what are the myths? So let's do one thing. Why, why don't you tell me one myth, and I'll say if it's uh, if it's a bust or a, 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 if it's true or false. So you're saying one one myth is that uh, you work really hard and the hours are really wrong. It's at all a myth. Yes, you work crazy hours, and it's not about. Um, it's when you say crazy hours. It's about the fact that your Monday to Friday, yes, you start in at ten, but you are ending at any time, and it is it's it's the variation is very high because the work that you're doing involves managing the client, getting data from them, processing it, getting it approved by a boss, and then creating a story for your client to understand. Now, because your work depends on other people, the client. You start your work after 6 p.m. because in the day you are talking to the client, understanding them, understanding the data, and then the analysis, review, all of that happens later. And you are a you are hired by the client to look into problems which they can't look into ideally because of bandwidth issue, capability issue, whatever. So you one of the service parameters is how quickly you provide the service. that is where the premium also is charged right i mean if i you can give me a task and i can do it in 10 days but if i can if i do it in 2 days i can take the money for 10 days in 2 that's why consulting is able to pay you more as well so if there is a certain number it is a function of the hours you are putting in that's why you, a good way to do it is take a school teacher take a consultant and take an average industry person take their salaries divided by the number of hours You'll see it'll be ve almost very close. It's the only difference is the teacher is spending six, the average person spending eight hours, and the consultant is spending fifteen hours. You are paid as you clock. Okay. Thanks. Mm -hmm. So that is definitely it's not, and you get paid for what you put in. Okay, so this one is not a myth. This is just something that we have come across. There's a book on it. There's a TV show on it as well. So this popular saying that consultants steal your work and tell you the time. So can you do you know what's yeah. it all about? Why does HBR also have to focus on that? Why did it not start a TV show or that? Yeah. So there are two perspectives to it. Now that basically is a take the so you think of the consultant and think of the custom consultant's customer, which is the client. The client will always feel now divide the client into you understand principal management uh, principal agent uh, problem right? Yeah. So the client is the board of directors. the shareholders and then the management the people who tell you this about consulting are the management because the consultant is come as a check or as someone who's supposed to work with the management they take all the data they need from the management 
and all they do is one once you take the data they benchmark that data from other clients in the industry they benchmark that data with some uh, tools and global knowledge that they have and they provide a perspective but the difference between yes they tell you the time but when they're telling you the time they also give you other information it's about saying the time is 3 o'clock or you can say the time is actually 258 and 26 seconds it's a matter of sometimes they somebody needs to know information till that microsecond and some people just want to know what the time is now the board and the shareholders need a consultant for two 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 reasons one is to tell them something new that they don't know about other people in the industry and two to drive something within the form using a third party think of it as sometimes in your family when you have a problem it's not the the person who's having the problem say be it the mother father or the kid they are not probably there is a lot of internal issues because of which there isn't free flow of communication sometimes you need a third party to come and manage the situation within the, within a family as well right similarly the consultant is actually the third party who can be independent who's not bogged down by the internal company politics who's not bogged down by personalities they start from regardless of what reputation each person has they start from zero they have a mandate from the board so consultants are brought in for that purpose they build they bring independence to the work so yes sometimes that work could have definitely been done by the company themselves but sometimes you have that principal agent problem you have a maker checker problem right it's like telling uh, in a class the um, it, like sometimes you need an external monitor to come and control the class the internal monitor knows everyone so can actually uh, suppress quality information which can make a difference that's why you call you call it bringing an outside perspective because sometimes looking at yourself you struggle to find problems and even if you do find problems you struggle to acknowledge them and solve them sometimes when somebody else comes and tells you when you pay a doctor and the doctor tells you dude this is the problem you you if you don't deal with this injury this is the kind of problems you can have getting that wake up call from an outside person makes you compels you to act so they yes they it's fair to say that they look at their watch and tell you the time because they're using the same data but uh they bring a different perspective which you can't do it's just about bringing perspective and for the company take the company's sales take the company's profit and see how much the consultant is charging it will be a percentage it will be in basis like 100 basis points probably in terms of the fees uh, it will be it will be a very small number so it's not that big a cost so why not why the will say why not why i am happy spending 1 rupee to see that the 99 rupees is being spent well why not makes sense so so as as a new associate like what are the kind of tasks that you are assigned like when you when you're a fresher at the consulting firm what are the kind of tasks that yeah. you expected to do and what are what are your responsibilities and uh, or, like duties basically so let's break it see consulting firms also let's break it into the big four and the other strategy consulting firms okay. um in strategy consulting firms you will have a lot of uh, hardcore uh data crunching which is basically reading reports 
getting information about industry, getting uh, getting information about the company, like for example, the process flows, the standard operating procedures, um, the a, a benchmarking study that they may have done. Uh, in consult in big four, you may get the financial statements. You may get. Uh, exhaustive accounts of the debtors receivable or the creditors payable or the trial balance. So, depending on what kind of consulting you're doing, you will get insane amount of company-specific data, internal data. That is your financial statements, but not just the financial. The deep down, the ledgers, the trial balances, and if you're doing a strategic piece, you will have a lot of reports that you will have to uh, read through, which is which the reports can be. In most cases, these consulting firms have their internal knowledge repositories. So you have to go and mine data from there. Your job is basically to go and read through a lot of data and synthesize it and provide an input to your bosses for the work streams that they will be doing. You are not going to go and first day and go and tell somebody that listen, change your price by three bucks, you'll make a lot of money. You are not going to do that kind of work. You are going to do the uh, the ground level work of understanding the company. And two, analyzing the data. So, so chunks and chunks of, say, customer-related data, vendor-related data, supplier-related data, to identify problems, to identify things that are going well, things that are going wrong, and things that could go wrong. To understand it. So, your job initially is to understand the company and its ecosystem. That's the job that you will have as you enter as an associate. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, okay. So, and you work with your Excel skills. Your basic Excel skills to to run pivot tables, to run uh, to build financial models, and uh, other apart from that, you need to be able to read uh, financial statements. And uh, apart from that, your PPT making skills. So these are three core skills. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, like you started out working in the operations uh, division, right? Operations uh, restructuring and uh, business turnaround. So how was it working there? Yeah. What all did like what was the learning and what skills did you apply in that kind of a uh, industry? Like for consulting so to, that industry. Okay, so con this now the work that I did would come somewhere in the middle of consulting and private equity and change management. So basically we were hired by banks to take care of companies which have run probably a billion dollars of debt or a two billion dollar debt. And uh, they have fired the top management. They hire us to run the company for a year to see if the company can be uh, run properly, if the company can't service its loan and it needs to be shut down, or if the company can be someone. Now that is a very different scenario to regular consulting. In regular consulting, you are you have companies which are growing at ten percent or twelve percent. They want you to come in and say, "Listen, how can I grow at fourteen percent or fifteen percent?" So if you break it, you have the growth stage companies, you have the stressed companies, and then you have distressed companies, distressed, insolvent, bankrupt. Put it into three buckets. Most cases, strategy consulting comes in the middle and the growth phase. The one I was in was backwards, which is basically companies almost declared bankrupt or are bankrupt, insolvent. Now the challenge there is day to day you are trying to understand uh, how much money do you have. What problems do you have? Uh, so, for example, I was at a shipbuilding company. Over there, there were labor strikes. People weren't paid their salaries for five months, so you had to get work out of them. There were uh, there's money stuck for, with your customers. They've not paid you. 
you owe money to certain vendors for the work they have done for you. Uh, you have certain uh, bids that you have put in there and you've not got responses. You have penalties on you from the tax authorities. You have uh, your offices shut down in three places. Your, your, your data is at risk because you've not paid the money to keep the systems up and running. So it is, uh, it is chaos. And daily you are trying to solve multiple problems one at a time. But you can put them into largely liquidity issues, which is money related issues and operational issues. And as you're solving these two issues, you're trying to discover what is the company's value? What is the amount of money it can make in the next 12 months or in the next 10 years? And once you have visibility on that, you try and speak to investors, you speak to bankers and you try and get a deal between all of them. So that was the job. And so it gave great insight into uh, how company how how companies get into trouble, how a, a company that is completely in trouble functions, and how you can potentially try and get a company out of trouble. So I think it was a great, great place. Uh, yeah, it was just amazing. Every day you're solving a very unique problem and you learn a lot daily. And you're managing different stakeholders. You are on ground managing the vendor. You're doing negotiating with the vendor. You're trying to convince the employees to stay. Uh, you are speaking to the bankers to get uh, their perspective saying, what do they want to do with the account? You're speaking to investors to see what do they want to know about the company to sell the company. You're talking to statutory authorities like the tax authorities and government and uh, like uh, even your uh, up, like ship building, for example, you're speaking to uh, the, the, Indi the Indian Navy. You're speaking to uh, shipbuilding companies, things like that, your customers. So it just is an amazing experience in stakeholder management, uh, understanding problems. So, yeah. And what are the kind of skills that you require like, while going into this? Like what, 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 like what kind of skills did you take into this and what kind of skills did you come out with? So skills you need at the core is financial statement analysis, being able to take a company's uh, balance sheet, understanding where the problem is, deep diving into it. Like what you see of listed companies online, you get detailed versions of that. So if I get debtors, I get debtors receivable. So basically, if the, if you can see that there are 100 crore worth debtors, you get a breakdown saying that 100 crore, crore is owed by whom, since when. And then you initiate legal proceedings against people who have not paid you. You then go and talk to people who are yet to pay you, who can pay you, but are not paying you. So there are, you basically need to have a high level understanding of financial statement analysis so that you can do the ground level things. So skill one is financial statement analysis. Skill two is communication and stakeholder management. That is being able to talk to a laborer to understand what's the problem that he's facing, being able to talk to an employee, to the to the banker, to the investor, to the uh, vendor. So you, you being able to um, communicate negotiate and uh, get buy-in from people. So you, you need to convince the vendor saying, hey, uh, I'm sorry, I, the company has not been able to pay you, but listen, for us to be able to pay you, you need to work with us. So give us some extended credit terms. Let's try and work. And then once we earn that money, let's, let's pay you then. So that is a negotiation tactic. Uh, communication is talking to the customers and talking to the employees and talking to the uh, laborers to see to convince them to continue working despite there being delays in their salary. That is communication skill, persuasive skills, influencing skills. 
so these are at the core after doing all this you have to tell the banker or the investor what work you've done so you need to put that down into a ppt so you need to be able to synthesize financial information uh issues that you have identified into understandable things uh frameworks on paper and then draw insight from it saying that okay if this is the problem so what how does it affect you how does it affect the company's liquidity how does it affects the company's future communicate that perspective to the investor or to the banker so converting that into ppt so ppt skill is not just knowing which buttons to click on microsoft powerpoint that any idiot can do it but how well can you take complex information and put it out into very simple terms so that the other person understands it very easily because in such assignments time is of highest value so you can't waste time if you have taken 10 hours to understand a problem you have to tell that to the next guy in 2 minutes that's why he's hiring you so when people say that you need great ppt skills it's not just knowing which buttons it's about being able to synthesize complex information into simple slides which convey information and compel people to take a decision consultant is supposed to provide information to people like bankers and investors to take the call that's our job to provide information to the stakeholder to take make a call that's what you have to train yourself in that way yeah Yeah. Okay. So, how do you address criticism regarding your strategies, like that you put forward in a project or um, yeah, basically a consulting project? How do you convince people? Uh, or how yeah, how do you convince people to, and how do you take criticism? Like, for example, uh, you put a strategy forward, but like that does not get accepted. So, how do you kind of okay. deal with that, and how do you kind of um, come back with a better? Strategy? What do you do after? So. as i said that consultants are supposed to be objective and independent your job is to go and get information so you and you go and get data quality data now if i come and tell you that listen uh, you can toss a coin if you toss the coin you will gain 5 bucks you uh, you are at 100 if you toss a coin you can either go to 105 or you will go to 95 what will you do now what you will give me an answer versus what vasu gives me an answer will, will be different right it's two different perspectives on the same data so our job as consultants is to go and get data then depending the banker's role is what is the banker for example in a distressed company what does he want he wants his money back for the loan so he will look at anything that gives him immediately money back what is the strategic investor's uh, point of view what 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 is the long term value that the company will add to me so your job is to get data to people to take a call so when you you can suggest certain things based on the data but the call is that person's so there's no right or wrong at that point right it's just a perspective being shared i can say that hey if you toss you're at 100 if you toss a coin you can get 105 or 95 in the last 7 out of 10 times people have made Five bucks instead of losing five bucks. Now I I give you this information. So I am recommending that you take the call. I am just giving you data to support my recommendation. The call is ultimately yours. So now what can happen is you get retaliation from the customer in terms of difference in perspective. They can have a. They are technical people. They've been doing that job for ten years. I have been doing it for probably a month. Obviously, they'll know more than me 
in certain aspects so you try and understand what part of the data have we seen differently have we done something wrong in getting the data interpreting data can be anything but was the data correct so they can correct us saying that either the data was wrong or the interpretation was wrong but the interpretation can't be wrong that it is a interpretation it's not the interpretation so you need to work with the client to say hey you have an opinion which contradicts us it is fine we also have an opinion ultimately the person who needs to take the call either the boss of the company the banker or the investor let that person take the call information is being provided by everyone so we learn from people criticizing us uh, they criticize either the way we've collected data probably they said okay uh, i went to a company has 20 stores i went to 15 stores i felt like chalo 15 stores i'm i'm uh, i'm i'm going to have covered 75% of the sample it's good enough right but maybe the guy sitting in the boardroom will say no you didn't go to these three stores which are actually very very in critical locations which give us lot of visibility okay so then we go back we go back to those three stores and then we come back and then give up information so there can be differences in data in the approach but not there, there, there is always you have to integrate perspectives of all the people so there's no right or wrong at that point you are integrating perspectives that's what you're doing so based on what you just said and something that you initially mentioned in the start of this call that the job of a consultant entails while staying at a macro position understanding the micro problem so how do you yeah. one get to that how do you develop that wholesome process and understanding of problem solving so that's a great question uh that is something that you build on the job over time you are you as an associate when you enter you are solving the dirty details but you see the final ppt that is being to be presented to the client you know you are in the team conversations with your partner saying how are they solving the problem so you are not you as an individual team member are solving the the micro details but you have visibility on how it is being interpreted and what part of the entire project you are doing right so in your team meeting in your uh, review sessions and in your sessions with the client that is when you zoom out and see what where am i in this larger piece so you start off as an associate doing one task in a 10 task project then you do two tasks then you do five tasks then you have a person under you and you are collectively doing seven tasks then you are one person you have two people under you you are doing 10 tasks and you are doing the entire project that's how you progress upward right so it is one picked up on the job it starts by you doing the dirty details but having visibility to what is happening otherwise and slowly slowly as you become good at doing your detailed job they let you become part of bigger puzzles saying that okay now you go and have the conversation with client oh now you pick up these three work streams and integrate the information of these three work streams to form an insight so it's an it's a iterative process it's like a snowball slowly rolling down and you become bigger in size even physically sometimes because life is really unhealthy but yeah you have to try and prevent that okay. yeah uh so during having a wide variety of courses in your undergrad helps you or having like a specialization is better like for example doing a let's say bsc finance course as compared to doing a uh let's say liberal arts course which has a lot of courses that you're doing and you're getting like a feel of every single course but you're not really 
doing a deep dive into a particular course like for consulting what do you think is so consulting they are so so see i i just studied at ncr and they are the kind of people who got recruited from at consulting firms included doctors ex are people from the uh, uh, european uh, nations army uh, technical people uh, and generalists but now more and more uh, because consulting has such great trainings and education people with technical backgrounds slightly have a preference in terms of recruitment because say an electrical engineer will be able to give more value than an economics person or a bms person right that person understands it at a better level it's not that like an economics person can't solve the power like the uh, the uh, power related sector issue it is that the electrical guy will be slightly better because time is a premium you need technical people to come on board quickly so all i'm saying is that it's a wide uh, range all types of people get in but there is a slight preference for people who have some specialization and that specialization needs to be relevant for example today uh, somebody who is great at a, a telecom engineer have that much market pull as he as he would have had in the early days of telecom now the telecom market is pretty much consolidated and it, there are few players left in it but back in the day when airtel vodafone uh, tata uninor all broke out that time a telecom engineer would have had a lot of demand in the market so being a telecom engineer at that time would have made sense now being a computer science guy may be useful uh, now being a uh, uh, somebody who can merge psychology and analytics to understand organization behavior and culture that might be interesting what what is happening in consulting is consulting keeps in line with the evolution of corporating so as you see that there is more data being used there are more integrations between different concepts there is psychology and data causing uh, 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 organization analytics there is data and marketing which is now make it marketing analytics there is um, uh, uh, human behavior and uh, uh, management which is causing organization culture so people it it is they like having somebody with some specialization but it's not that you don't have any chance if you don't have a specialization but yeah it is preferred for sure Alright, and on that same note, what do you think are the biggest barriers to entry for a fresher? Like, for example, if uh, you are an MBA, if you did your MBA directly after graduation, you don't you don't have any work experience. So, what is the situation like? Um, the barrier would be your inability to one communicate your willingness to do the work. First, you have to. communicate in many ways that you really want to do that work more importantly you need to be able to demonstrate problem solving critical thinking um problem solving critical thinking uh, creativity and uh, relationship building you have to demonstrate these skills in that interview okay now that when you do the case prep method so for getting into any consulting uh, you have you have case prep method right uh, you have to ace that you have to ace it you have to have done at least 30 to 40 cases sitting with your friends uh, practiced it and uh, if you don't do that you have no chance uh, they are not going to just randomly pick you 
your past experience is one of is sadly the biggest uh, signal for a consulting firm to hire you because they feel like okay oh this guy's worked in par i can quickly put him into par projects i have a lot of par projects coming oh this guy's worked in hul or png or he's been in fmcg i can quickly put him there you you have you have to then convince that person that much more so to convince you have to be brilliant at the case prep method and that is all you have enough content online of how to do how to crack the case they call it right how do you quickly solve a problem that a consultant gives you within 20 25 minutes there are multiple ways to do it uh, we can have another conversation on that but yeah that is very very critical so you have to wow the person in the interview yeah uh, okay so we had a next question that a lot of people from our like group the consulting group we have at amender wanted to ask that mm. how does uncertainty of markets affect the consulting sector and your job as a consultant so with regards to uncertainty in terms of clients projects or even in the near future how would the even the entire domain of consulting be affected will it become an unnecessary profession or a very necessary profession in itself so as fundamentally as i said consultants bring independence right you need an outside perspective so at no point will consulting be not necessary you always need an outside perspective to come and solve that is point 1 uh point 2 so are consult will consultants always be required yes a person or any person who can bring outside perspective will always be required point 2 consultants up till this point have aggregated so much information about various clients and markets right how can you not put that to use that will have to come to use right but if you are running a company you want to know what's happening in the market you don't have the time to look at the other competitors in the market you want a consultant to come and tell you what's happening point 3 we are always living in an in an age of change and consultants are someone who have access and the time to go and develop skills to go and adapt to change so they again are people who can help companies adapt to change quickly so it will always be required now that is survival profitability of consulting is what goes up and down during uh, market uh, ups and down now the funny part is uh, now break it into strategy consulting and the big four consulting the big four consulting firms i would say are slightly more uh, if the going is good they are hired if the going is bad they are also hired because you want a stronger audit you want a stronger check on your operations strategy consulting firms are definitely uh, best friends of bull markets they are happy when when everyone has excess money and they don't know what to do with that money yes they want to hire but also the strategy consultant is useful when you are when you are stressed because uh, uh, you want you don't have time you want somebody to come and save you that time to get you information to take a call so why not why wouldn't you have a uh, this so yes a case like corona right now pandemic has reduced the regular hiring cycles of consulting firms for compared to what it usually used to be but before that it it may have a small blip but it picks up very quickly it always needs people and the reason it needs people is because there's so much churn a lot of people come and leave consulting quickly for multiple reasons so be it uh, inability to contribute the travel the the tough long hours the work culture the industry fit the team fit there's a lot of churn so they they will always need people so that's why it's tough to survive 
but uh, they the demand in from a recruitment point is always there and don't worry about their survival they'll be there i mean they can they can diversify in the solutions they offer but they will always be there don't worry yeah, yeah. okay Uh, is there a specific reason you made a shift from consulting to a more like specific managerial role so mine now the reason i shifted from consulting to amazon is because they are polar opposites in work culture consulting you are expected to be a little bit of jack in the sense you are able to do a little bit of many things do multiple projects do multiple work streams in amazon you are promoted to build specialization and focus in one specific stream and be an expert at it having done consulting for 7 and a half years i i started consulting at the age of 20 and i did it till 27 and a half and uh, i was like i'm done like I, my i have i had done enough industries lived on the road had enough uh, hotel uh, hotel points and miles and i was done with that life Uh, i learned so much so i understood how many things work in little ways but now i want to work in a place which is focusing i want to build specialization now into something and second biggest part is consulting is a people business amazon is a is a is a artificial intelligence that is being built right consulting is about getting different minds together figuring what to do amazon is trying to create a machine that is excellent at scaling and solving problems in different markets across globally it's a different kind of uh, experience so my job here is to not just do my work but to create a process and to contribute to how that amazon tech system works uh how can it scale quickly it's and it's a growth problem over here they're looking at rapid growth like over here targets are such that you have to do 5x in a year in cons- in in consulting you are trying to grow double digit you're trying to grow 10 to 20% here you try to do 500% there's a difference in the kind of problem you're solving so i felt like at this age and stage uh, this is good and i i i had a chance to move i so i had offers from uh bcg and uh, accenture uh, and uh, other consulting firms across london singapore and uh, uh, different countries but i felt like uh, tech is where i should go so that i can learn different work culture and a different thought process uh, because i've done consulting for a while hmm, that makes yeah sounds pretty good yeah and uh, what are the three things that you wish you could have done in your college years that you didn't college as in uh, during b school or during graduation uh both like wow i don't think i can say a lot of things online uh, on <laughs> but uh, i would just i would like to principally say that uh, try and do everything everything like you will be put into a fixed path you will you will you are a during undergrad and under and b school you are on a mountain bike you can go wherever you want on the on, on the mountain but after that you are going to become a train you will have a set track and at max you will change your tracks at different points but you will be at 24/7 you will be on a very predictable path so when you are in undergrad and b school ensure you are 
sitting for every company's uh, presentation even if you don't care about that industry you do you have no interest in it still go and sit and understand what are they doing what are they doing differently why do people want to join them talk to everyone in your batch understand and try and learn from more from people who want to do something different to what you want to do don't huddle up and have the same set of people that you chill with that is the biggest crime you can do you have to interact with every person in your batch so that you are in touch with multiple people doing multiple things because later on in life they will be in multiple paths and you learn only when by through other people like we are all social animals you have to learn from other people people teach you faster than any website or any online course can do so spend your time no trying to know everyone in your batch uh sit for any and every company presentation and exhibition and uh competition that you can get your hands on uh have and build a very strong rapport with your professors the professors have access to a lot of companies so be in their good books and learn learn from how they are thinking and be in touch with them uh apart from that i would say use your time to reach out to people on linkedin as much as possible when you are a student people see right now at my age and stage and when people are working we are more than happy to give people gyan we are more than happy to give to give people guidance because we would like somebody to benefit from it you are not competing with me right so i'm like dude like what do i have to do if someone calls me and they ask me for a genuine question why can't why wouldn't i help him your you your your if you reach out to 10 people probably seven may respond and three may give you something useful and one may give you something very useful but go and reach out to 100 people go even if you don't know about anything about a company or you don't know anything about industry reach out to them say hey i'm a student i saw your profile i really liked it i'm really curious about this please tell me what do you can i just have a chat regarding how your experience was what made you do this people love talking about themselves like i'm doing right now right people love talking about themselves give them a platform and go poke them everyone wants to give gyan and everyone and especially an outsider they will be more than happy to help so a trust in the goodness of random people in linkedin probability wise someone or the other will definitely give you something for you to think differently and use your time to wildly experiment people companies and opportunities wildly experiment don't stop experimenting in in every every aspect of life So yeah, I think that that's what I would say. Okay, so Vasu, uh, would you like to ask the last question? Uh, so actually, I had one last question prepared, which was the one advice that you would like to give us for entering into the domain of consulting. So yeah, last question gave us much much more than that. A general life perspective, if we may take that that way. Yeah. So, uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you now you have given us a great thought that yes. People are more than willing to talk, so this is a new part to go on to as well for other sessions and such. Yes. Upwards of forty to fifty minutes because of different problems. We are so sorry if this was an inconvenience. No, no, I'm really sorry to have come late. And guys, what you all are doing right now, you may not understand it, but 
the fact that you all are running this podcast and you have reached out to a person like me sitting here you should reach out to as many people as possible and uh, use your time in b school it's a two year program that you have i had a one year program and i wish it was two years my b school year was the best year of my life i can die after my b school because i because i i, I would feel like maine dekh liya sab life mein i'm happy so ensure two years of your life are amazing so don't even if you if you're chilling even if you're doing nothing do something different when you're doing your chilling do just be as i said wildly experiment enjoy your wildly experimenting and uh, keep this uh, aspect of randomly reaching out to people and seeking advice and as a consultant does get as much information as you can there is no cost to it but it can change your life and if not today after a year some you may have a startup idea or you may suddenly think of something which with a with a friend of yours and your life can completely change and that happens most consultants go on to do startups and uh, just don't yeah wildly experiment i think those are my two words for the day okay thank you so much thank you so yeah. much over there had a really insightful session and i think this will help uh, this helped us a lot and this will help a lot other people also hopefully so thank you thank yeah. you so much yes i had a great time guys thank you so much and feel free to reach out to me on linkedin or text me regarding whatever you all need and if i can give my two cents i'll be more than happy and good good luck you all are uh, entering a market which is uh, similar to what the which was after the gfc but uh, don't don't ever think that uh, you have uh, it's you are unlucky what you are learning now is something that will build a muscle to fight any crisis that comes after this the going is good for very few years the going is mostly bad and if you can deal with bad times well you will be set for life so be be optimistic don't let anyone put you down or discourage you and give you negative news about the uh, market just go and be optimistic and wildly experiment Okay. Yeah. Thank so, you so much. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely be in touch with you. Yeah. Yeah. Take care, guys. All right. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.